When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour, Clay and Buck kicks off now. We're joined by Dave McCormick. He is a veteran, a uh, Wall Street guru, and he is running for United States Senate in Pennsylvania. Dave, good to have you back on the program. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Let, let's start with this, if we can, uh, Dave. Are you going to win in Pennsylvania? Why? I'm sure you're going to say yes, but why? And and what can be done there to make sure that it's not just you, but other Republicans who come away with W's this time, given what the, the shenanigans we saw in Pennsylvania back in 2020? Yeah, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great election in 2024, primarily because 80% of Pennsylvanians think the country's going in the wrong direction. They look at this border crisis. They look at record high inflation. They look at crime, 5,000 fentanyl deaths, and they are terribly worried about the future of the country and the future of Pennsylvania. And my opponent, uh, Bob Casey, has been there 17 years and, frankly, hasn't hasn't done much of anything and has voted 98% of the time with Joe Biden. So it's a change election. People see this as an opportunity to put new leadership in place, and uh, I'm someone who's been a leader in the military and in business, and uh, I'm going to go there to shake up Washington, and that is the contrast. And I think that same thing holds true for other candidates, whether it's the top of the ticket or other candidates uh, down the path. Everybody views our current country as in decline, and uh, we need leadership to fix it. Dave, great to see you last night. I know you're going all over the country and all over Pennsylvania raising money to be able to win what I think is one of the two or three most important Senate races in the entire country coming up in 2024. It looks like Trump is going to be the Republican nominee and you will be the nominee for the Senate in Pennsylvania. 
How do you think you help Trump? How do you think Trump helps you? What does a coalition of winners look like in Pennsylvania? Because if Trump wins Pennsylvania, he's going to be the president. And if you win Pennsylvania, Republicans are going to have control of the Senate, too. Yeah, the stakes are high, which uh, which is why I'm so committed to winning and uh, why, I, why I'm making this run. I think President Trump, and I see it across the Commonwealth, I mean, people people come out. On behalf, he mobilizes a, uh, a huge part of the Republican Party uh, that come out very enthusiastically for him, and uh, and that happened in, in uh, t- uh, 2016. It happened in 2020, and that'll happen in 2024. And I think um, I'm, I hopefully will be the beneficiary of that great turnout. But I also t- bring to the ticket someone who can really appeal across all of Pennsylvania and build a coalition of those independents that are very unhappy with the direction of the country, conservative Democrats. Uh, business people that see the regulations coming under President Biden, killing their businesses. And so, uh, I, you know, my guess is that uh, President Trump at the top of the ticket will help me, and I'd, hope, I'd be hopeful that uh, my candidacy and the strength I would bring will help him. Dave, you know, you ran in uh, the last cycle, right, as a, as a Republican and lost in the primary, and then that seat ended up going to Doc, I mean, to, to, uh, to not Dr. Fetterman, uh, to John Fetterman. Um, what would you say are the lessons learned? I mean, you know, you got to observe that contest, right? You got to see Fetterman versus Dr. Oz. I think for a lot of people, that was one of the more, uh, crushing, uh, you know, morale destroying moments for the GOP in that cycle that Fetterman was able to win. Put aside some of his more sane commentary recently. What lessons did you take from that as somebody who's now going to be charging up that hill in Pennsylvania and winning the other Senate seat? Yeah, well, listen, you know, when you lose by 900 votes of 1.5 million cast, I mean, you can, you can, there's lots of things you can learn. And I, I certainly, throughout my life, you know, when I've failed, that's been the engine for, for growing, getting off the mat and, and wrestling or football or the military or business. That's, that's the way you get better is you, you learn from the losses. And so I've got lots of lessons, but the most important thing, the most important thing is Pennsylvanians want leadership and they want authenticity. And I'm running a campaign that's based on both. I'm 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 doing this because I'm I, I love America. I feel like I've been blessed. I want to serve our great country and, and make sure it doesn't become something that we don't recognize. And uh, and I think that resonates with Pennsylvanians. I'm I'm a Pennsylvania kid. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania, as we talked about. I wrestled and played football. Wrestling got me to West Point, and then I came back to Pennsylvania after serving in the the Gulf War in Iraq. And I I helped build a business and create hundreds of jobs. So they want leadership. It's a moment where I think people are getting energized to get out there and vote. And I think that's a great opportunity for me because, uh, I think they see, uh, my ability to lead and make change. And, uh, and that's what I'm bringing to the table. You lost to Oz by about a hundred votes. I don't remember. I think you may have just told us, but, uh, it was a yeah. tiny number. And I'm sure that was crushing. Do you think if you had been the nominee in 2022, you would have beaten Fetterman? You know, it's hard, hard to say. You never, you never want a Monday morning quarterback. I know that uh, I would have certainly given it everything I, I uh, could because I'm doing it because I want to serve the country. And people say to me, God, it's so vicious. Why would you do it again? And the reason is, you know, I, I, I love America and I want to serve. And so I, I don't want to prognosticate about what would have happened. The thing I know is that uh, I feel the energy on the campaign trail. I feel Pennsylvanians crying out for change and leadership and candor. And, uh, you know, calling out things that don't make sense, like this border deal, which uh, was proposed and ultimately I think would be bad for Pennsylvanians and bad for America. 
they want that authenticity. They want that truth. They want that leadership. And, uh, and that's why I'm optimistic. And that's what I bring to the table. We were talking last night. You have decided, I don't hope I'm not stepping on uh, a big announcement, but you're going to go all over Pennsylvania in a tour bus, basically, to try to make sure that you get to every community face-to-face, be able to shake people's hands uh, all over Pennsylvania, not just obviously in the big cities like uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and beyond, but also these small areas where turnout is so huge. Uh, what do you expect and why is it important to have that kind of grassroots campaign as we come up nine months uh, from now for the election? Well, you know, the, um, I grew up in one of those communities, one of those small towns in, in Bloomsburg, which is about 40 miles south of Scranton, Wilkesbury area. So that, that's home for me. And, uh, you know, stepping back, 60% of Pennsylvanians are living paycheck to paycheck, and they feel like uh, the, the, their country and the people that have been running it haven't been focused on their needs. So I'm, I want to get out on the campaign trail and meet people across our great Commonwealth to make sure I'm focused in on the right problems, inflation, border, crime, uh, the things they're telling me, the fentanyl crisis, which I mentioned last night, 5,000 Pennsylvanians last year were killed by fentanyl. So I, I want to, I want to hear it from them. And I also want to introduce myself to them and tell them why I'm running and make that connection. I don't think there's anything that can replace that personal connection. And, you know, political consultants will say TV and all these other things. Of course, you got to do that to run a modern campaign. But I don't think there's anything uh, that, that compares to getting out there and, and telling people why you want their vote and asking them respectfully to give it to you. And uh, so I'm going to be spending, you know, thousands of hours on the road doing that. And, you know, I'm honestly excited about it because that's why I'm running. I want to, I want to serve the great people of Pennsylvania. Uh, Dave, uh, in your previous life, or I guess earlier in your life, I guess same life technically, um, you, you were somebody who, uh, was running a massive uh, hedge fund. And so you had to be right about the trajectory of the economy. You had to get it right to get into that position. Uh, what do you think the Biden administration, what are you anticipating? Because we talked about this a little bit in the first hour uh, with some of the possible rate decreases and, and just other ways that you think they're going to try. You know, I think this audience, it would be helpful if they knew in advance, if we all have a sense of what games are going to be played, what levers are going to be pulled to make a pretty anemic economy look like it's stronger than it is going into the election. What do you foresee? Well, I think, the, you know, you got to start with the with the economic reality. And what, what's happening is there's these headline numbers that, you know, you you turn on the, the news or read the newspaper and you'll see uh, GDP uh, up and uh, inflation, the rate of inflation down. And, uh, and people are surprised, well, if all these numbers are so good, why aren't people happy with the economy? And the reason they're not happy is that for most people, things have gotten much worse. Uh, as I mentioned, 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so if you look at their experience over the last three years, um, inflation has driven, driven prices up about 20%, and wages have gone up by about 15%. So if you're buying food or rent or fuel, you've got less ability to do that than you did when Joe Biden came into office. And then on top of that, what's happened is interest rates have gone up dramatically. So if you're going to buy a new pickup truck, the payments just went up by 60%. Or if you're going to buy it, try to buy a new house, uh, new house purchases are down 50%. It just got twice as expensive. And so that's what most Americans, most Americans are experiencing. They don't have a big stock portfolio. So if the stock market's up, it doesn't affect them much. And so that's the reality Joe Biden has to confront. And that's why, even though the headline numbers look a little bit better, 
the overall economy is a lot worse for Pennsylvanians. And I don't think there's much likelihood that that's going to change enough uh, to change how people feel about it, how people are experiencing it. Now, what's going to happen is that the Democrats are going to say crazy things. Like my opponent, Bob Casey, he's talking about greedflation. He thinks the problem is not that they had policy that spent $5 trillion more than they should have, which drove up prices. He thinks the problem is that business people are gouging the consumer with greed, and that greed is the reason that prices are going up. This is exactly what a career politician who's never made payroll, who's never created a single job, this is how they think of things. This is how they think the government is going to bestow opportunity on people as opposed to the private sector creating opportunity. And so I'm going to be calling BS on all this crazy stuff because I actually understand the economy. I'm talking to people on the ground. I know what's happening, and I know what it takes to create jobs. I'll say one more thing on this. What's happened to businesses, whether I go and talk to schools that teach people how to be uh, hairdressers or whether I talk to machinists, um, small manufacturers, I talk to farmers, um, this regulate, regulatory state under Joe Biden, the amount of regulations that have grown and made it harder to run businesses to create new opportunity, that's a huge drag on the economy. So in addition to calling BS on the, the crazy ideas of the Biden administration and what they say, I'm also going to lay out what needs to happen to get our economy really um, uh, growing again and helping all Americans, all Pennsylvanians, and part of that's reducing regulation. I know you're a Penn State fan. Last question for you, maybe the most difficult one out there. One you can tell us for people out there who are listening, Pennsylvania, they want to get involved where they need to go. But maybe the most important question in Pennsylvania, certainly in a Super Bowl week, even though neither team is involved, are you a Pittsburgh Steelers or an Eagles guy? <laughs> who is your team in the NFL? All right. I am, I'm Steelers all the way. I grew up watching those great teams in the 70s and uh, – was born outside of Pittsburgh, and I, I, I lived there and had three of my kids there. So I'm, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan all the way. Now, if the Steelers aren't in it, then I'll cheer for the Eagles. But I'm, I'm all Steelers all the time. And uh, the people want to know more about me, including more about the Steelers, it's uh, DaveMcCormickPA.com. And, uh, guys, I'm so grateful to be on the show. Thank you. And, Thanks by the way, David, last night, funny uh, fact, if anybody thinks that, uh, that you're not going to be able to handle difficulty – you have six daughters that you are raising, and I think they're all like uh, teenagers or early 20s. So if anybody out there can do anything, it would be somebody who's got six daughters that he's That's raising. Right. Yeah, P- people ask me, you know, uh, Ranger School, you know, 82nd Airborne, running a, a big company. Uh, what was the hardest thing I ever did? And I said, listen, when you've had six teenage daughters, everything else seems easy after that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Dave, thanks for all the work. We'll have you on again, but uh, encourage Pennsylvanians to go check it out. You are going to be a great representative for them, and uh, hopefully you can flip the Senate. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. It's Dave McCormick. All right, Buck, Super Bowl is nearing. Are you going to watch the Super Bowl? What is your plan for the Super Bowl? This may be the least American thing I've said in a long time, Clay. I will probably be on a plane. However... I suppose the plane may have, unless they have a tactical issue, the ability to watch the Super Bowl. So I would be watching it in the sky. Uh, all right. So I will be watching in Las Vegas, I believe, which is having the Super Bowl. So, and a lot of people clear, out there. I'm going to be watching it on like a five-by-five monitor on the back of someone's seat that's <laughs> kicking me in the face. Clay is going to be at the Super Bowl. So there you go. I will be at the Super Bowl. I'll be doing the show Thursday, Friday from Las Vegas. I think Monday from Las Vegas as well. And look, I can't wait. Um, I absolutely love the Super Bowl. I love all the festivities, all the fun. And 
be honest with you, I like being able to make picks on the Super Bowl like a lot of you are going to be doing. And right now, you can go get signed up for prize picks. I'm going to give you my picks on Thursday. A little bit of a preview. Going to give you my picks on Thursday. I'm going to hopefully win you some money. And by the way, if you think my picks are a disgrace, if you think they're a disaster, you can take the opposite side. And you can try to win by fading me, by taking the opposite side, if you think that I'm an, an imbecile. And some people do, including maybe my wife, who might fade me uh, on this. Over 7 million sports fans have already gone, signed up, prizepicks.com slash clay. And right now, they will match your first deposit up to $100. All you have to do, go ahead and get this downloaded so you can get your picks in on Thursday or Friday when I give it out to you on the show so you are locked and loaded and ready to kick up your feet and watch the 49ers play against the Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. Uh, again, go right now, prizepicks.com. Use the code CLAY. That's my name, C-L-A-Y. You put in $100, they'll give you $100 free. You put in 50 they'll give you 50 free. They will match up to $100, whatever you deposit. You can have some fun for the Super Bowl prizepicks.com slash clay that's prizepicks.com use my name as the code go ahead and get signed up right now up to a hundred dollars matched all you have to do prizepicks.com slash clay clay travis and buck sexton on the front lines of truth why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver i just don't understand have we already forgotten about regional bank closures inflation global instability and the potential for serious world conflicts you can look to precious metals for various reasons one having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan two diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation and three historically gold increases in value over time You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered, no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. So unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claim comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it before you see another healthcare provider. Healthlock.com. Healthlock.com. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. 
GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back in, Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate Dave McCormick, and I know a lot of focus is going to be, as well it should be, on the presidential race. And Buck and I were just talking off the air. Regardless of whatever happens in 2024, it is absolutely imperative that Republicans either retain the House or win back the Senate. And we're going to pick up a seat in West Virginia which gets it to 50-50, and obviously the vice president would be the tie-breaking vote in the event of a 50-50 Senate. Kamala Harris has made a lot of tie-breaking votes as a result of how close the Senate has been. Uh, but in Montana, in Ohio, uh, two Republican red states where they have Democrat senators up for re-election, when one of those very strong chance Republicans take back, Pennsylvania, with Dave McCormick, who you just heard from, could be a flip. Arizona, where our friend uh, Carrie Lake is running, still remains to be seen exactly how that's going to shake out. Kirsten Cinema may run as an independent. That could be a real mess in Arizona. Nevada has got a winnable Senate seat. There are about five or six Senate seats out there. Really, as long as Ted Cruz retains Texas and Rick Scott retains Florida, there aren't really any targets. By the way, Michigan is also in the mix, depending on how that state goes. So, again, five or six different seats. Republicans are just going to need to probably win one to take back control. Because West Virginia is going to be in the – Jim Justice is going to win there. Win one seat, Buck, and even if something awful happens, Donald Trump loses, Joe Biden somehow drags across the finish line weekend at Bernie's two style, his power would be severely limited – uh, for the two years, basically, that he would have to get anything done if Republicans had control of the Senate. So that Unfor- and or retain the House. Unfortunately, Democrats uh, wield the administrative state far more aggressively than Republicans tear it apart. So that means that they'll be able to get some annoying things done, even with divided government. But, you know, we didn't think that they were going to have uh, what they had the last time around. So I just... I'm not counting any chickens until they hatch, Mr. Clay. And uh, no doubt, outside it's looking good, but it has looked good before. And it, it looked good in 2022, and we didn't get yeah. it done. So it, everybody it was, needs to show up and vote. It was uh, unhappy tears for those of us who love the republic. Uh, we'll take some of your calls. Come up here. Also talk about immigration and the uh, blowback from that Senate bill, the bipartisan Senate bill. But you know, Legacy Box is the safest and easiest way to digitize memories on analog media. That you don't have a way to watch anymore, right? Because you don't have a VCR. You don't have the capability to even enjoy this stuff. But you're holding on to it because those are memories. Well, what can you do? Send it into Legacy Box. Video cassettes, Super 8 film, 8-track, whatever you got. Legacy Box digitizes it all by hand, one at a time. 
Send it back and they'll send it, or they'll send it back to you and then you'll have new digital files. Legacy Box makes reclaiming those memories in your glory days as easy as one, two, three. The best part of the experience is when you get to click on the link Legacy Box provides for you. You can rewatch and relive all those amazing, precious memories and share them with family members and even future generations of your family. Get started today. Go online to LegacyBox.com slash buck. Get 50% off Legacy Box's regular prices. That's LegacyBox.com slash buck for 50% off. Democrats have a problem. Well, there's a lot you could say after that sentence, but they have a problem when it comes to immigration, that's for sure, because even Democrats are noticing that the situation right now, and maybe this is all cynical, maybe they're just noticing it because we're in an election year and they have to pretend that they care about the same things, in this case, namely the massive flood of illegal aliens into the country, um, that they care about the same things the rest of the country does. So it, it could be a head fake, it could be make-believe. But here you go, over on MSNBC, Al Sharpton referred to an invasion of migrants. Play two. What is being done to uh, get the public uh, to really uh, rise up in various states to say to their senators that they want to see the borders uh, the border issue resolved. I mean, you're getting migrants beating up policemen in the streets of New York. You're seeing an influx of migrants all over the country that frankly have people outraged. And couldn't there be some kind of public pressure put in the next couple of days in some of these senator states saying, why are you allowing this to continue? I mean, we're looking every day at the invasion of migrants and they're playing a time game with politics on this. So notice now the, the way they're trying to play this, they're, they're agreeing it's an invasion of migrants and that's Al Sharpton. Who, if you know the, if you know the history, like the life story of Al Sharpton and in professional and public life, the fact that he has a TV show on cable news is, is truly as astonishing, except it's just a reminder that most of cable news is a trash heap and it's just a total waste of your time. Um, but invasion of migrants and the problem is that Republicans are not dealing with it. So Clay, they can't ignore this anymore, which is what they were doing for a long time. There's no problem. The border. The first two years of Biden's term, the border secure was the big lie they were telling. And now it's the invasion is going on. It's not Biden, the president's fault. It's Republicans fault. The whole thing. They don't have a real narrative here. They they just they're sputtering. They're they're desperate. They're looking for something. Buck, just consider the Overton window of what is able to be discussed now. And I think what Al Sharpton is also letting you know is, and you guys may have picked up on this in your different respective communities out there, a lot of black voters who feel like their cities and their states are not helping people in their community are looking around and saying, wait a minute, we don't have the money to take care of underprivileged people right now in New York City or Chicago or Washington, D.C. or Atlanta or Denver or L.A. or San Francisco, whatever city you want to point to. And all of these cities are giving millions and millions of dollars to non-citizens to enable them to have a better quality of life. I don't know if you saw this, too, Buck. I'm not claiming I'm not someone who likes to point to celebrities and say, oh, this is really an intriguing 
an incredible perspective. Because as we said before, uh, uh, only the royal family, but not other celebrities. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Queen Elizabeth. Don't even uh, the, the, don't the even dastardly the dastardly turn that you took to go after Queen Elizabeth is still uh, still echoing throughout the the universe here and in disrepute. But I will say this: when you see Al Sharpton talking about an invasion, and I'm going to use a rapper here that a lot of you may not be familiar with, depending on your age. The rapper 50 Cent came out and said when Eric Adams in New York City, I think we talked about this, the $53 million basically that they are giving to immigrants, illegal immigrants, 50 Cent came out and said, I got to vote for Trump here uh, because, and I'm paraphrasing him, because what in the world is going on with Eric Adams that the mayor of New York City is making the decision to continue to take care of people that are not actually American citizens. And I think for many people out there, black voters, this is what they're they're looking around and they're saying, this doesn't add up. What is the Democrat Party doing for me? They promise all these bells and whistles. They say that Republicans will put us back in chains, even though Republicans are the ones who took you out of chains, historically. What has Joe Biden done to actually make the average lot 44, I feel old school, in the sense that for most of us out there who are around your and mine's age, we grew up in the 80s and the 90s. We didn't go through the civil rights movement. We didn't go through all the battles about integration, schoolhouse doors nobody was standing in front of. In the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, All of us were taught, and I still believe this to be true, that despite whatever racial differences we might have, we all have way more in common than we do different. And that is actually not what Democrats believe anymore. They believe that based on the color of your skin or the desire of your sexuality or even your gender, that you can't have common ideals with others based on those differences. And I just reject that. And I think a lot of black people in their 30s and their 40s who grew up in the 80s and 90s are looking around now at this migrant invasion, as Al Sharpton called it, and they're saying, how is this making America better for me or my community or my city? And there aren't good answers here. And I think we have a clip. This is from October, right, of the new mayor of uh, of uh, Chicago, Brandon Johnson going off on people who are asking about this migrant uh, issue in uh, this invasion in Chicago. Can we play that clip? This is again from October, but this is emblematic, I think, of the pressures that suddenly Democrat office holders are feeling in cities. I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it. But you're asking me to give you a date and I have to court. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border as soon as possible. This is funny to me, Buck, because... Most people have kids and wives or husbands and, and, and kids and they still have serious jobs too. So when you get criticized for what's going on with migrants in your city and your response is, I've got soccer games to go to. I'm a dad. 
I don't think that plays very well. Uh, you know, it's one thing to be normal and have a normal life, which many parents and grandparents out there listening to us do. But that doesn't mean you don't have an obligation and a responsibility to get your job done, especially when you're being highly paid for it and you ran for the obligation. Don't beg for the responsibility of being the leader of a city. Get it. And then as soon as the criticism starts to rain down on you, say, hey, I got kids soccer games to get to. But I think this is what the pressure is doing to Democrat politicians in their marketplaces, Buck. This is different. And I give credit to Greg Abbott for helping to, to further this conversation. But it is super, super interesting that this could be uh, could be happening. Yes, I I agree. Very important. Very interesting that it's happening. So we will continue to follow this one as closely as we can. And we've got a, a, a jury verdict that we'll tell you about when we come back um, coming out of Michigan in in that school shooting case that some of you may be intrigued about because it's a relatively uncommon precedent. Uh, as it pertains to what's occurring there. But I want to tell you right now, uh, you've seen QR codes in restaurants or on products. Uh, it's computer-generated little black and white square. You zoom in on it with your phone, get the menu. I hate this, by the way. I Can we bring back menus everywhere? I don't know anybody who's like, you know what, I love a QR code, but that's just me. I want actual paper. Remember, they were like, oh, we can't have menus anymore because that'll spread COVID. Can we just have menus everywhere? Uh, anyway, I hate QR codes, but especially when they're using it. Guess what's also happening now? Cyber criminals are taking advantage of that. They can replace QR codes with their owns. And if you scan those, you can be redirected to a malicious site, encounter malware, or have your information stolen. Latest trick out there to steal your online identity, working more and more for online scammers. Important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives just like it's important to know how to protect yourself and your online identity. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock. Online systems scan billions of transactions looking for evidence of wrongdoing when it's happening in your name and you're a LifeLock member. They're in touch with you faster than anything. If you do become a victim of identity theft, dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. That's my name. 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code CLAY. Use my name and you get 25% off. That's lifelock.com, promo code CLAY. Keep up with Clay and Buck's campaign coverage with 24, a Sunday highlight reel from the week. Find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. 
When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered, no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. So unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claim comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it before you see another health care provider. HealthLock.com. HealthLock.com. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back in. Uh, breaking news. Some of you may be interested in this, particularly if you are from Michigan, uh, the Oxford area of Michigan. In fact, my wife lived in Oxford for a while when she was a little girl. She grew up in uh, Oakland County to a large extent. But there was a school shooting that happened in Oxford, Michigan, about 40 miles north of Detroit. We have a lot of in Oxford High, was 15 years old. He murdered four people. Uh, and this is the first time ever that a parent has been charged as well. She was convicted now, found guilty of four different counts of involuntary manslaughter. This was that jury verdict that just came down. On count one of involuntary manslaughter, as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count three, as to involuntary manslaughter regarding Hannah Hanna St. Juliana, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. And in count four of involuntary manslaughter against Justin Schilling, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. So, Buck, the father in this case is also still going to stand trial for the same charges next month. But the mom now of this school shooter has been found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, all four counts. I didn't follow this trial closely, yeah. so I'm, I'm just catching up with it. And like a lot of, so I'm, I'm asking this in the perspective of somebody, like I think a lot of, um, a lot of our people listening right now, uh, what was the, you know, being a bad parent obviously is not enough for you to be guilty of involuntary manslaughter. What were the, um, 
you know, the, what was the crux of the argument here? Why they would be accountable? Did they, did they give him, I, I don't remember the, did they give him back his guns after they were taken or something? Wasn't there something that they did that was particularly reckless? Cause you would have to establish for an involuntary manslaughter charge like this, uh, a, a, an extreme level of disregard for the safety of others and recklessness, right? Because you usually, we don't hold people responsible for things that their family members do. So even if it's yeah, a, a I think, yeah, minor. It, it's a really interesting question. And my understanding is basically when you get to involuntary manslaughter and every state has a different, different specific standard, what you're really applying is a negligence standard to behavior. So effectively, this jury in Michigan found that the this mother should have been aware, based on what they were able to establish, that her 15-year-old son was had access to these weapons, that he was plotting, effectively, uh, some sort of action like this, and they presented evidence that she was aware of it, and that basically her parenting was so reckless and negligent that she was criminally culpable for the actions of her son. I think, Buck, also the fact that this is a minor child is a big part of this because the school shooter was 15 years old. I think it would be harder to argue that someone who's over 18. If he was 18. I mean, it seems as he could get the guns himself then, and I think it would be harder. And it seems to be that it's it's like um, when there's cases, for example, these are really very tragic, very different kind of circumstance, but where um, a minor gets a hold of a gun and ends up killing himself or herself by accident with it, especially if it's like a you know six year old or something, then some, in some states the the person who left the loaded handgun you know on the floor in the living room can be held accountable. It seems to me, as I'm looking at the reasoning here behind the Michigan prosecution, that allowing a 15 year old access to these firearms and and given the circumstances. Uh, what that that's where the recklessness comes in. It's really about access to the guns. And we've talked a lot about this on so many different teenage-related shootings, school and beyond. Every parent, in my opinion, who allows this to happen has failed. Um, the Uvalde shooting, which we talked about a great extent. None of these kids that go in and shoot up a school are grade, uh, you know, honor students who have no issues at all prior to this. Almost they're not doing they're not doing well in life. We can all yes. just look at this and understand that they're 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 very uh very challenged by the day-to-day existence that they have. And I would just say anybody out there listening, if you have a kid who is behaving recklessly and they're a minor and you know that they have access to weapons and they're behaving in any way that suggests violence, not only for by the way for external factors but for suicide, uh, I mean, to me, this all starts every time I read one of these stories. It makes me sick to my stomach as a parent to think that the relationship between parent and child got so bad that the kid's behavior, which was toxic, just led and led and led to this point, And they were never able to stop it. Well, wasn't there also a verdict recently of, uh, of a, a, a couple of. I think they were they were they were teenagers who who beat a kid to death and they got pretty light sentences as well. I think it's I'll try to pull this. I one think up. it was LeBron James's uh, high school. Yeah, in, yeah, for uh, the the I Promise School in Akron, Ohio. And the, those those two, I think one of them was under eighteen, one of them was over eighteen. I, I got to go check the the detail. But you're right, they got basically no punishment. They they got basically no punishment. Okay, so a couple of black kids who beat a kid to death 
white kid um, to death in a parking lot of LeBron James's school. That happened. Uh, I think uh, I one think of them got the last six got months like, or so. Yeah, six months, something like that. Yeah, and I just I just juxtapose this within Michigan, a parent who no one would argue was anything other than obviously a a very poor parent, and there is a recklessness here. But I wonder how long she is she going to get more time in prison on involuntary manslaughter than the uh, the two. Uh, young black individuals in at that school who stomped a kid to death. In and broad daylight. I'll just point out, LeBron James comments on everything. At his school, kid gets beaten to death in the parking lot. He said virtually nothing, like thoughts and prayers. You know, when you consider the other things that he's put out there. By the way, uh, in particular, our staff letting us know, prosecutors accused and the jury believed the gunman's parents disregarded the risks. They bought a gun for their son four days before the shooting, 15-year-old son, even though he was struggling with mental health and contemplating violence and they knew about it, that they gave him that access to the firearm and it was so reckless in the mind of the jury and certainly of the prosecutors that the mom now has been convicted of four different counts of involuntary manslaughter. So I can see, I can see how the jury came there. to that conclusion, i got to say. Under the circumstances, you know, there are, there are limits, right? I mean, I understand people would be concerned about how this kind of thing could be abused in other circumstances. But in this one, there was a recklessness, and that is part of statute. So. No doubt. We come back. Our boy Andy McCarthy, the absolute latest on lawfare. We'll dive into it next. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.